Welcome to the Conscious Christian Conversations podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Kyleen. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. Each episode, the two of us will be having a conversation around a specific topic that we may or may not have different perspectives on. If you haven't already, please listen to episode one to learn what we are all about. Without further ado, here is today's episode. So who is God? <laughs> That's such a big question. So I have been thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about it today, right? In my, in my perspective. Okay. So he holds like so many, he holds so many roles, right? He plays so many roles or not. So obviously like the big one, like we, like he's the creator, like he's why we're able to breathe. He designed like the ecosystem and he had designed beauty and art and science and math. And like, he just, he's the creator. Like that's the big one. Right. Um, then I think he is, he's obviously our redeemer. And we talked about that on previous podcasts. Um, he is, this is where it gets like, I think a little beyond human understanding where he fills all these different roles that we don't understand because humans can't really do that. So he's like this father. He's also a friend. Um, he plays like emotional roles and yet he also plays parenting roles, mm-hmm. plays governing roles, like, right. Like he's a God of justice and truth, but then and I, punishing roles. Yeah. And I think well, justice, I would like, um, yeah, he just, he, he create, he created what truth is and he created what holiness is and what righteousness is and what beauty is. And so therefore he is also at the same time, the one that can say what, what is, uh, what goes against that. Right. Right. So because of that, he plays judge as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, how does he, so who is he? Like he's light. He is goodness. He is holy. He is just, that doesn't always mean that we understand all his reasoning. Right. And that doesn't always, yeah, his ways are not our ways. So, (laughs) and his thoughts are not our thoughts. That's for sure. He's like the ultimate source of purity and holiness to the point where we as humans can't even understand it because we can never achieve that. And we can't like, like who could make that up since we can't achieve it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like how would you even conceive of that? Something we're not, we're actually not capable of achieving or even really Um, we can't even really conceptualize it in total accuracy because we don't understand it because we can't be it. So how can we make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, his morality doesn't, doesn't change. It doesn't shift. It doesn't, you know what I mean? And I think if, if we made something up, I mean, look at history and look at morality, like we shift our morality all the time, but you know, but God doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, some people argue that, well, the Greek mythology or Roman mythology came first and then Christianity was just kind of a natural course from that. But I would argue the reverse, right? That that the truth was always there. What's that? Oh, totally. Because um, yeah. I, I agree. Well, because where did the Old Testament come from? I mean, it was written way before, way before. So if you're right. talking about Christianity just being based on Jesus yeah but again you have to go back to like who is he and what did he claim to be and what did he do the reason we believe in him is because he he fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the old testament who else could do that unless it was real like it's literally impossible to do everything that he did 
with, with um, prophecies that were written 400 years, 500 years, 600 years before. Yeah. Like he couldn't know all of them and fulfill all of them as a normal, as a normal human that was reading back and then, and scripting his life to fulfill those prophecies. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 So who is God, who is God to Tanya? <sighs> yeah. God, you know, I have a hard time thinking of him in such big terms. I, I've never been able to think of him as like, like he's always been like my best friend, you know, my comforter. I, I always think of him as like, yeah, as my best friend. And so I think of him as loving and warm and caring and just like supportive. And as long as I follow him, like he takes care of me and he, you know, guides things. And so then when I try to conceptualize, so I guess I'm more, I, I've always identified with, I, I suppose the Jesus part of God, because the, the God of judgment and wrath and like, I cannot picture Jesus coming down with like a sort of fire and, you know, just killing everybody else on the, on the planet that didn't follow. Like, I can't, I, I struggle to think of him in that way. Like, to me, the Old Testament God is separate from the God that I believe in. Does that make sense? It, I have a hard time with the Trinity and understanding the three parts without separating them. And I think that's, you know, just the human brain can't comprehend a three in one without thinking of it. Because I read all the, all the time that like Christianity is a... Um, polytheistic religion it's like no it's not that's a misunderstanding of what Christianity is but I myself have a hard time grasping that monotheism part of it because to me they are almost three separate gods in one so 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 the concept of God is for me I think really hard to define and I still struggle with how I can explain the truth like right now my eight-year-old's really under, like really question, not questioning. He's, he's curious. He's very curious about things and he's trying to understand. And I'm like, I don't even know how to explain this to him. Like, how, how do I see God? I see the God, the father is this wrathful, like, you know, imperial kind of do as I say, or out with you kind of, you know, old Testament God. And then I see Jesus as like my best friend. And then I see the Holy spirit as just kind of this ephemeral communication system between me and, and Jesus. Like, that's the way I think of it. Um, and so it's hard for me to think of Jesus as God, the father and the Holy spirit. Is both. Um, trauma work around God, the father. You did what you did trauma work around God, the father. You did trauma work around <laughs> Because you use words that are like wrathful and vengeful. And I honestly, I, know. I think justice applies. He yeah. is a loving God and that applies in the Old Testament. He was incredibly forgiving, incredibly loving. He gave like hundreds of opportunities to these people. And we're a bunch of humans who are like, I want to do what I want to do. And he's like, sorry, I'm God. You can't. I've given you like, a. and here's the thing. Think about this. Think about this in terms of wrath and judgment. After Jesus, God was not physically present in the same way that he was before. Right. Meaning he showed up, literally people were able to see him, hear him, talk to him. He showed up in so many different, physically on the earth. You don't think that the consequences at that point, it's like so obvious who he is and what you want, he wants you to do. You don't think the consequences at that point are higher because the stakes are higher because you've seen him. We can't even see him or experience him in the same way post Jesus. 
and we're, you know, and so the consequences are different. The response is different. The interaction between humans and God after Jesus is very different than it was in the Old Testament. When you, if you didn't see him, you probably had an uncle or an aunt or a grandfather. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was so like, there was the, the pillar of fire and the cloud at night. There was the Red Sea parting. There was the Mount Sinai. There was the 10 commandments. Like he, there's a burning bush. Like he was physically, his holy presence was in the temple. People heard his voice or knew a prophet who heard his voice and spoke for him. He was so physically present on earth. And people just disregarded him anyway. Hmm. Oh, I, I have to sit with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that's really good. That's really good because... <clears throat> To me, whenever I read the Old Testament, and this stemmed as a child, because I, whenever I tried to read the Bible, I would always try starting because I'm a very beginning to end kind of girl. So I wanted to read it in order. And like, I would always get through like numbers before. Isn't numbers the one where it's just like, oh my God, I don't care who begat who. And then it, it lost me. Right. But so I was always reading like, God was punishing the Israelites. God was punishing the Israelites. He freed them, but then God punished the Israelites. I'm like, but who were the Israelites? His chosen people who he was most present and obvious with, who he spoke to the most, who they knew they were chosen. No, as- that I mean, what you're like, the argument you're presenting makes complete sense. And I do think I need to do a little prayer and trauma work around my childhood impression of who God is. But no, it's not just you though. I think like that, like I hear that argument when people just, well, the Old Testament God is different. I'm like he's not different. He's the same God. He just, there is a different level of interaction and behavior with different expectations. And it was a different world. And he was, it's, it's like, you think now you're like, okay, if God physically showed up in this room, like my, my rubber tree over here lit up on fire and I heard God's voice out of it the impact that would have, right? That's what was happening on the earth when Moses comes down out of the mountain and people can't even wait long enough knowing, you know, knowing what they know with the history of who God is. And they come, he, they come down or Moses comes down, has this gift from God to create order and, and law on the earth so that, you know, rules are loving, right? Boundaries are loving. It's like, here, here is because I want you to have good lives and be moral people. Here are the 10 commandments. And here they are. They've created a golden calf because they couldn't even wait. What was it? 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that makes so much sense. Like, and, and I think about too, the, as, as my understanding kind of is evolving uh, of, of our religion and <clears throat> studying the, the, you know, from Genesis on and understanding that, way back when like earth was created, there was, if you want to call it magic, fine. Like I think magic is really God, right? I think it's his presence on earth and the things that he makes happen, but that we've moved so far away from that piece that it seems like completely unreal in oh, the, the miracle, right? Like I think that's right. consider a miracle magic. Correct, yeah. And I think that, like you said, like that happened all the time. It was so much closer to creation. So he was present, you know, animals talked. We've talked about that before. Like animals talked in the Old Testament. Don't tell people we think that. <laughs> that was not important, Tanya. People don't need to oh. know. Well, I didn't say I necessarily thought that. That was you, you crazy woman. 
but people don't need to know that. It's still, I don't know. Okay, all right. So since this is okay. me. We, we, can, we can edit that, edit, edit, edit uh, point. So we'll talk about in the future, maybe. I don't know. I but it's a thought, it's a concept, it's a theory. I don't know. Well, they I mean, it did say in the Bible, like you said, like the donkey talked. So in the garden, hello. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's what I'm saying is like, I think the things that we think are magical and made up now because we haven't experienced them for a thousand or 2000 years. Um, we think of it in the realm of, well, that's not possible. That's magic. That's whatever. That's weird. But I mean, if you think about if they back then were to see what we do now, what we do now would be magic to them, right? Like our science and the things that we have. Well, so it's, it's my mind. like, I'm like, right. I, totally, I totally think what we're doing right now. I feel like how is your image coming to me in a different state? Like, I know people out there listening, they're way smarter than me. You're going to be like, well, the pixels and the, 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 the. there's a way that but to me that's magic okay I know right that's what I'm saying it's like thousands of miles away we're literally across the country from each other and we're having a conversation like in in person face to face right so so I think that it's all kind of contextual and um and when when you as you mentioned like he was physically present on the earth at that time like he did show up all the time and I guess I never really thought about how annoying that must have been for him to be like literally a God that comes down to earth. That's very clearly not a human and is telling you to do stuff. And they're like, okay, okay, we'll do it. And then literally a week later, they're doing something different. And he's just like, well, ah. so I, I mean, I guess if you look at it from that perspective, he actually really reined in the wrath and the vengeance that he could have taken because like they literally deserved it every minute. <laughs> so I mean, that's the thing too, is like we do too. And I, I don't well, think we yeah. do, um, I, I just don't think we view humanity like that because we are humans. And so we always want to be like, well, we, we deserve grace. Well, we, we actually don't. don't. What we deserve yeah. is death. We deserve death every minute of every day be, because there's nothing we can do to earn the the gift that he's given us there's nothing we can do to earn life or to earn eternity or to like we can never be good enough so if you can't be good enough then what do you deserve you deserve death so i think i think our our human way of thinking about things is human yeah <laughs> so and it's just because of the lives that we live and and the time that we grow up in and the society and the way we we are um taught about the bible or the way we view it or the experiences that we had um but if you think about it I mean, I, you can't think about it from a God perspective, but if you try to think about it from a God perspective, I can't imagine how annoying humans are. Oh, for sure. And why he sticks with us over like however many millennia we've been on the earth and not just be like, I'm done with you people and just explode us in a ball of fire. Like, <laughs> No, you think, well, you know, Keegan, Keegan kind of had, my son, Keegan had these questions um, over Thanksgiving break. He was I think it was everything he was asking me about like the flood and all this kind of stuff and you know these are questions that you have it's like okay well why would god wipe out literally the entire world mm -hmm. um, how evil must they have been or how frustrated must they have been and that's a hard question and i think the question comes back to what what i was just talking about is why do we think we deserve anything other than that yeah and that totally shifts the whole perspective on it. Well, well, we deserve life. Well, why? Like who gave it to us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and looking at then too, from, cause I, for me, when I think about, you know, God gave his only son and, and all of that, where it's like, 
God is giving Jesus to us as a gift. I've, I guess in my own head, because I think of them as one and Jesus like came down to be with us. So it was never in my head, it was hard for me to grasp the idea of a gift that he sent because he just kind of came down. And I mean, that could even be its whole other topic of conversation about like uh, that, but. I wonder like, cause I'm all about reframing. I wonder if, because it is hard to think about them as three and they, they like, you're, what you're saying is they be, they behave and are represented in different ways. God, the Father, God, the uh, Holy Spirit, right. and God, Son, Jesus. Um, so what if we uh, viewed it more like they're all the same and the, we, uh, they basically, uh, how, do I, how do I word this? Um, they are given to us to represent in a different way, different aspects of God's character. So it's all the same person, but each one represents different aspects of God's character more or less, even though they're hmm. all. Well, that's well. So in preparation for this conversation about the Trinity and, and all of that, I was looking up kind of the different ways of explaining it. And I've always kind of liked the water where it's like you have the gas form, the, the liquid form and the solid form, right? Solid being God, gas being the Holy Spirit and liquid being Jesus. And I liked that because it's still all water, but it's three different forms of water. But <clears throat> then I was reading a commentary that said that that's really still not, not complete. I mean, it's an idea, but you don't have all of them together at one, like yes, water, but it has to be in one form or another. It, it can't all be together as one thing, right? So what the, they, they were explaining, and I can't remember who it was that I was reading the commentary on, but he said that it, it's more similar, like the best that our, our essentially puny human brains can comprehend it, as is light. You have light, but then you also, if you were to shine it through a prism, you have the light that refracts into different colors, right? So you have yellow, you have, what, what are the primary colors? Red, yellow no yeah red yellow and blue right so there's three parts of light that make up well the primary colors right that make up light because then as it refracts then you know it's the combination of blah blah, blah. anyway and so it's like oh that really makes sense because they are all separate but you can't see them separately because they're they all make up the the white light like the whole but you can see the separate pieces that are making up that light. And I was like, that's really good. Like that was the closest that I actually have been able to comprehend what the Trinity is like, because no one would say light is three different things. Light is light. Like light is a whole thing that we see and we recognize. And yet it's made up of pieces that without one of those pieces, it can't exist as it is. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's pretty close to what, you know, if we can define God in a finite, like human explanation, that would probably be the best one that I could, that I've ever heard of. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And um, I, I think going back to how crazy it sounds, I think that I, I go back to like, I, why would we believe in a God that we can fully understand? Because then he's, he's, he's within, like, he's not, not human. human, right? Yeah. yeah. And, so I, 
I do actually, there's a, there's like a sense of comfort in the fact that there are these ideas about time and about who he is and about eternity and like these aspects of who we believe him to be that we don't understand. Cause it's like, how can we, how we can't, we still can't comprehend it, even though we have the idea. So how could we have created that idea? You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. If the Trinity really exists and, and it's not in the Bible, but we do uh, see the representation of God, the father, the Holy spirit and Jesus. And so it's like through theology and study, people have like termed it the Trinity. Right. And so like, we have this idea it's represented in the Bible and we still can't understand it. So it's like, I, I don't know. I think, I think the light analogy is really good because you are, you, you do have the aspects of it all within the whole but I find some level of comfort in knowing that like we won't have full understanding until we're present, you know, with him because, you know, he is that big. And I, it's not that I don't want to keep learning, but I, it's, it's nice to know that like, he's that big. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, what, what would be the point of following something you fully understand? It's just like, because then, yeah, then once you kind of grasp a concept, then you move on to the next thing and you, you can't do that. Like, he would be boring to follow if you understood exactly and there was nothing no mystery left every morning I have I, I have coffee with God right and I spend anywhere from 30 to, to 60 minutes in the Bible working through stuff praying you know and that's how I start my day and when I was sick over the last couple of weeks I didn't do any of that because I just didn't have the band like the mental capacity to understand the Bible because it's really like taxing to try to figure out stuff and think. And so anyway, and I found by the end of the 10 day period, I was like, I wasn't praying. I wasn't talking to God. I was more like in my body again. And I was like, this is weird. Um, even my normal, like I can't, I usually can't wait at the end of the day. I kind of wrap up in my shower and I, that's my, my shower prayer time before I go to bed. And I usually spent like a half an hour in the shower for that reason. Um, but you know, I wasn't even doing that. I was just thinking normal every day. Like I have to pay this bill and, oh, tomorrow the kids have, you know, whatever. And it was just like, I noticed that the last couple of days and it was like, that's really weird. And, um, so, yeah, I think what you're saying is like, we do have to make an effort to have that, um, that spiritual connection, because if we literally don't do it every single day and make a practice of it, then we do get too grounded in our bodies and then life takes over. And then suddenly we find ourselves without a relationship, um, with, with God anymore. And, or I guess that's not entirely correct. You still have a relationship, but it's not a very strong one. It's like, you know, the cousin that you haven't talked to for 10 years and, you know, then it's just like, you come back and you're like, I'm sorry, God. I, and, and he, and he, so I, I prayed forgiveness for drifting from him for the past couple of weeks. And, and he's just like, that's okay. I just been waiting for you to come back. And I was like, Oh, that's so sad. Like he was just waiting. Like, that's literally what I heard in my art. And I was like, that's so sad. He was just waiting for me. He missed me. You're like me. <laughs> so I think it's so interesting that you going back to what you said originally about, you know, your views on him and your relationship. Um, so I, I think my, my perspective is the bigger one. And so I, th I find it interesting that yours is so relational. Yeah. I, I, so I wonder, you know, it's just very interesting how people would have different, uh, they would associate differently with different aspects, right? Yeah. Well, I think for me, I, I initially, because I always prayed to God before, 
and it, initially it was, you know, he was more my father. So it was very, um, it was very, well, I'm close with my father, but like, I imagine it more of like the disciplinarian father where it's like, you know, back in the 1950s or whatever, where the kid would come in and say, hi, hi, daddy. And then how are you, how was school? It was good. Okay, go. I'm working now. You know what I mean? Like it was just, you'd come, you'd say hi, but there was that distance. And over the last couple of years, I've really started developing a closeness with Jesus, where which is where it's really coming in as like that personal aspect for me. And um, and now I, I have a hard time connecting with the God piece, the father piece, because it, it is such a relational thing that I have a hard time picturing Jesus as that that disciplinarian. Okay, so well, we already we already established that you need trauma work about God. I know, I know he's loving and blah blah blah. I get that. Here's Whatever. Thing, okay. Just make another <laughs> right, just to kind of like shake it up again, because I think this is really this is really helpful for me. Um, have you ever watched the Chronicles of Narnia? Yes. Okay. I think Aslan is one of the best depictions of God. Yes. We have because he does have that he is a fierce protector he is a warrior he brings justice he is loving he is kind he's parental he's your friend like it, there's so many things that aslan encompasses while mm -hmm. still being this gentle strong like i just find that to be such an amazing representation of who god is yeah and i think that is like i kind of have to picture that right and like when I do um, trauma work, like if a coach does it on me and we pull in a resource that is strength, it's admin for me. Like I pull that into the session <laughs> and I have used Aslan several times, but if you've ever watched um, the actual, the movies and I haven't read the books and I should probably read the books. But if, if you actually watch the movies, I was so blown away by the clear representation of, oh, oh, that's God. It's representing God. Like so clear. If you, if you are a Christian and you recognize the, the symbolism, I was like, oh my gosh, some of the ways that he would say things. Yeah. And I, I can't remember a sentence up, up off the top of my head, but there were several things I pulled out and I was just absolutely blown away by it. And I love stuff like that because it is such a hard concept and to, to be able to characterize it so clearly in a way that humans can understand and relate to, I think that is just, I mean, I feel like that had to be God inspired because it's, it was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love that character. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Aslan can be God the father because, you know, he encompasses a lot of that, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, C.S. Lewis is amazing. He he had such a clear picture and a way of being able to describe stuff to the lay pe lay person. But I mean, you're right. I think I think that after this conversation, I have to go. Um, I have to go pray and just kind of revisit my understanding of who God is, uh, God the Father is, and and um, try to meld my my three separates into into one a little bit better than I've done in the past because it's just hard. I don't know we'll ever come to full understanding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until we're sitting there in front of him. Yeah, for sure. I think, like I said, like I think life experiences help us understand 
some aspects much more clearly than others or relate to personally relate to some aspects. So like, you know, a friend of ours might be like, well, I'm like BFS with the Holy spirit, but I don't relate to Jesus very much. Okay. Because they're all the same God. Like, yeah, I don't think it matters who we relate to more as long as, I mean, because even in our church small groups, as we're kind of talking about it and people are talking about that they came to know Jesus through fear, through fear of going to hell, through fear of se eternal separation from him and through fear of, of the justice that he's going to be distributing. And I'm just like, that doesn't resonate with me at all. Like to me, it, again, it's the more relational stuff. So it is very interesting, but I don't think he necessarily cares how or what our motivation is necessarily, as long as we develop that relationship with him. I think that's the main part that he cares about. At some point, maybe I'll work past my Old Testament God traumas. I will have to send you this um, podcast because I thought this was a very fascinating concept. The guy was talking about how the way we view God is related to our personal attachment styles, which is basically related to probably childhood experiences and, and relationships that we had. Hmm. So what you're saying is I'm very emotionally healthy because I have a relationship style attachment. Is that what you're saying to me right now? Um, or <laughs> trauma in your childhood where you, you got as this bad disciplinarian. I don't oh, know. Oh. No, but I, you know, it could, you could be really like relational, right? Like, I don't know enough about the theory, but I think you wrote a book on it and everything. I have to send you the podcast, but you know, so for example, like if I, if I view, if I don't have as much of a relational relationship, well, I don't know. I can't say that. So it is a relationship. But like, you know how you view him maybe like differently, the different, right. you view him differently. So maybe I'm not explaining this correctly, but it, it, his, his, the concept essentially is that the way we view God and, and maybe even the personality aspects we ascribe to him primarily can come out of our personal attachment style. And um, so one of the examples he gave was, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon and, and the way he was preaching um, was relating a lot to people because he had like attachment issues. Um, I don't know if it was abandonment or whatever um, in childhood and the way he preached resonated strongly with people in that time who like a lot, you know, there were a lot of orphanages and other sort of um, attachment trauma and abandonment stuff at that time that would really resonate too. I'll have to send you that podcast. It was interesting. And I don't, I don't know that I can fully explain it, but okay, I yeah, the concept of like, basically the way we have life experiences really impacts the way we view God. Well, and, and that makes sense because, you know, everything, our, our perception of everything in our life is based around our experiences. So, and he's going to know how each of us are going to associate with him. Um, and I think that, you know, just like this conversation, like, I think this is kind of a God-driven conversation. How did it evolve this way to help me better understand my relationship with him and who he is so that I don't have this, you know, scary, vengeful, wrathful God versus my loving best friend, Jesus. Right. Like, so I think that he's, he's opening my eyes to helping me understand a little bit more about who he is and, and different ways of looking at him so that he's helping me develop my understanding of him, which is only going to help me grow closer to him as I understand more of, you know, as far as we can understanding more of his, his personality and who he really is. 
about, I mean, you think about, okay, like how all knowing and how all loving and, and everything that he is and how he knows everyone as an individual. And you think, okay, why, why would you do the Trinity? Like, like what purpose is there? Right. We know, we know that each part um, shows up in a different way, but like, what's, what, what's the point, right? Like, couldn't God just do all that by, you know, by himself as one, you know, and maybe, maybe it's because of that. So, you know, because people that don't have fathers or had had mean fathers, maybe they're not going to um, be attracted to the idea of God as a father because they don't have an example of what a healthy father looks like. And so they're, they're not attracted to that, right? Versus like, if you uh, believe in Jesus and view him as this loving, um, loving friend, maybe they'll be attracted to that because they have someone that, that demonstrated that in their life. Or maybe that's difficult and but they understand the uh the idea of you know this this conscience that is um prompting you to do um to follow your your values and your belief system and morality and maybe they relate very strongly to that internal concept of the holy spirit yeah no, that's really good and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that was why he chose to present himself to us in that way so that we could all, we had multiple ways of being able, and, and then the combinations thereof, right? So that we can kind of develop a more full understanding of who he is, but, but we can come to him in our comfort zone initially, and then learn more about him as we move forward in that relationship. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know if, you know, maybe people pray to um, different parts of him at different times, right? Like maybe there's yeah. Pray to God the Father a lot, and maybe maybe sometimes you pray the Holy Spirit, and you know maybe you pray dear Jesus, you know, but maybe you pray dear Jesus, but you're thinking God the Father. Like I don't know, like is it yeah. right or wrong way? I don't think to do it necessarily, but maybe. And I've never asked people this question, so I'm just making it up. But maybe we pray based on what we relate to the most. Hmm. That's very interesting. Oh, this is good. This is a good conversation. I have a lot to think about, as always, after I talk to you. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Totally good stuff.